it's great if you are targeting their parents and their grandparents, right? And if you are going after that 20% of the demo, not to say that's not an amazing business because they're so underserved that absolutely we need to be, and, and look at Univision and Telemundo, they made billions out of serving yeah. the immigrant, Spanish dom, non-college educated, whatever. The most common cause of bad customer experience isn't that high tech. It's embarrassingly simple. Yep, it's answering questions. In e-commerce, it's really easy to get bogged down with common questions, whether that's, where's my package? How do I return or exchange this item? Or just to cancel a subscription? SolvePath is an AI-driven customer support system that enhances the customer experience with visual formats and self-serve technology to empower your customers to handle their own support requests. Get the best customer support system for your business. Get SolvePath. Get started by visiting GetSolvePath.com. Welcome to FinTech Confidential, bringing you the people, tech, and companies that change how you pay and get paid. Beatrice, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sumo Wealth is a leading technology company that's really focused in serving young Latino market in their community to really help them. You're one of the leading inspirations for that community as well through a lot of the things that you've done in the past. You've somehow crisscrossed media and technology, and you've dedicated your career to, to opening up these opportunities for your community. Not only that, but you've also won a number of prestigious awards that have absolutely nothing to do with fintech. That's right. No relevance. <laughs> Can you share with us how you ended up falling into fintech? It was definitely that. It was definitely falling into fintech because I am a marketing girl uh, all my life. I, I started super young doing radio and then TV. Um, and then just recently with the pandemic, I am, um, you know, looking at how our primarily communities of color, but literally Latinos were the ones who were not only we were losing more lives, but also had the hardest economic hardship. Um, there was just something where I thought, okay, who's going to explain in an easy way what's a PPP loan or what's furlough or what? And, you know, I have friends who are Ivy League college educated, incredibly successful entrepreneurs, and they still were confused, right, on how to get this credit and, you know, what do I do to get it uh, forgiven or and how to... And I literally, you know, there's a friend of mine who's my co-founder is, has been always been in finance. And he was like, you know what, like you should launch a fintech company. And I was like, are you on drugs? <laughs> like, it's just, that sounds, that's the most ridiculous thing anybody's said to me, right? Like why, how, why, how? And his whole thought process, which I now understand is I'm such an enthusiast, you know, when it comes to representation in media. Because I think that whether it's conscious or unconscious, bias is real. If you have a brain, mm -hmm. you have a bias. And the way we're perceived as a community is like, oh, you're immigrant, you're poor, you're uneducated, you're old, you only speak Spanish. And really media contributes tremendously to everything else. So I've, I'm a huge advocate and I do a lot with my nonprofit on the Hollywood side and then also on the access to capital side for, for entrepreneurs in my community. 
And he was saying, listen, you spent so much time there, but if people had economic power in our community, like that would be gone. Like we could fund our movies, we could fund our companies, we could be those VCs. Like it really starts with like understanding personal finance. Like how do you do a budget? Like how do you start investing? How do you not keep your money under the mattress? Which I'm telling you, our community still does. <laughs> in my own family, that's done. Not in a mattress, but close. And so, you know, at first I thought he's crazy. Then I thought, okay, I'm gonna try it out with an Instagram page and see what happens. And then the response was amazing. And, you know, just like those tech bros in Silicon Valley that a friend of them says like, bro, I'll fund you. I had a couple of those, but on the Latina VC side where they're like, this is a big idea. We're just gonna give you a term sheet. And I was like, this is kind of crazy. <laughs> uh, but everything was just like front and center that I'm a big believer, like the universe sets you up where you have to be. And like every single sign every day from what I read to who I spoke to was all about me doing this. And I'm so excited and grateful for Javier, my co-founder and friend who pushed me really to do this, although I thought it was crazy. And that's how I'm, that's how I'm here. How would you describe the SUMA mission in just very basic terms? Yeah, so our, our mission is super lofty. You know, it's almost like our mission should be our vision, which is something you're never going to accomplish, but you try. Um, but we really want to be huge contributors in helping to close the wealth gap in our community. The wealth gap in our community is massive. It's 20 cents to the dollar. So we have a long, 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 long way to go to be able to really do that. And we see how people in our community work so hard, work so many jobs. You know, their work ethic is so extraordinary, yet they just don't advance financially, right? We are the biggest consumers though, right? So it's like, we're great for like the American economy <laughs> because we buy everything. But when it came to the pandemic, we saw that entire families didn't even have a thousand dollars in savings. Uh, but we definitely have the Gucci bags and the expensive cars. So there's something there that, you know, we kind of need to change the way our communities are thinking about not just being consumers, but also being shareholders. So invest in the brands and in the things that you're already supporting and loving, and maybe that'll, you know, be a change for the next generations. So the FinTech journey is relatively new for you. Yes. But I, mean, I always probably, <laughs> people are like, what is she doing? as a So I'm a type A Virgo person, right? Alpha Latina. So although I knew nothing about finance, uh, I did enroll in every single professional certificate program available under the sun at every single Ivy League university. So nights and weekends, I would kill myself 50 hours at nights and on the weekends to fully understand like, what is this? Where is it going? Where are the gaps? Where does my community fit in? Um, so yes, I am a marketing and communications girl with my Emmys and my MTV Cool Awards. Uh, yet I feel pretty confident in what I'm doing, where the market is, where, where my community is going, what the needs are. We do a ton of social listening from our audience. So we're not arrogant to say we know better. We know what to build for them. We don't. Um, so yeah, so, but I interrupted your question. So mm -hmm. yes, I am new, but, uh, I try my best to be a little educated on, on what the market is. So my, my key question is in that short period of time. What do you think is the key thing that you have learned in fintech on that journey that you've been on so far? 
I think that the key thing that I've learned is that no matter how much you think you know your audience or your consumer, mm-hmm. you really don't. Unless you've really done a good job listening to them, most fintech companies launch with a product. So it's like, oh, we're launching and this is what we do because this is what the community needs. Um, we did the opposite. We we launched by saying we're going to give it a year to build a brand, build the trust. Trust is paramount in our community build the trust and, and build a community and then do a lot of social listening to really understand what the community. So I guess my one takeaway is be less arrogant to think that you know better um, and not just because you are that demo that you're serving, you're going to know. I would have never thought to build a product for a Gen Z for retirement, for example, right? My own unconscious bias, even towards my own community is oh my gosh, Latino kids are so much in debt with student debt because they're enrolling in college faster than anybody else. I should build a product for that. Or I should, you know, team up with a company that does that. That is on their list, but as like number five, right? Like number one is how do they retire early, right? Like I would have never thought to build a product for an 18-year-old kid on how to retire early or how to buy a home. Because it's, you know, out of all the Gen Zs, it's Latino Gen Zs buying more homes. And you're like, how could it be? Those kid, Aren't those kids poor and immigrant and don't speak English? <laughs> no, right? So there's so many opportunities if you check out your bias and you are like, listen to the data, right? And really build for that. Even if you're like, this is me, you know, I'm building it for me. Like, there's still so many differences within communities that you don't know about. So I, I think that, I mean, I've learned that I don't know as much as I thought I did from my own community. When you look at how your community is approaching fintech and all the problems that that go along with it, and you'd mentioned trust is a huge one in of itself. What opportunities do you see in the next five years for SUMA to really help bridge that gap? Yeah, I mean, for for Suma and for everybody, right? So the opportunity for every single brand, because even if I'm wildly successful, it can't just be one company super serving 60 million Latinos and growing, right? So there's an opportunity for everybody to just, again, look at the data. And when you think about GDP growth, when you think about population growth, when you think about who's launching more companies, when you think about who's the fastest entering the workforce, it's Latinos. And it's young Latinos who are not immigrant, who speak English, who are college educated. That is 80% of the U.S. Latinos in this country. Whereas even my own colleagues who lead fintech companies for Latinos, everything's in Spanish. I'm like, the majority of that 80% speak English, right? They consume the content in English. They struggle speaking Spanish to their parents. So when you, when people tell me, we don't know how to acquire young Latinos. So this is advice for everybody. Um, <laughs> we don't know how to acquire young Latinos. We already translated our website or our app. I'm like, oh God, like that's so, it's great if you are targeting their parents and their grandparents, right? And if you are going after that 20% of the demo. Not to say that's not an amazing business because they're so underserved that absolutely we need to be, and, and look at Univision and Telemundo, they made billions out of serving yeah. the immigrant Spanish dom, non-college educated, whatever. I want the 80%, not just because, oh my gosh, I just want more money because it's 80% and it's numbers, but that 80% are the influencers of their older family members and their communities. So if you want to get to total market within the Latino community, you focus on the youth. 
Now you can't be telling, you can't be translating your website or you can't be saying things like send money home, right? Like home is here. Like the way you're marketing towards this demographic, you gotta be very, very careful. They're American, but they're still very proud to be Latino. So it's something we call the 200% generation, 100% Latino, 100% American. And that's the opportunity. I mean, there's no comp, no company's gonna really be able to future-proof their brand if they're not in business with this demo. And you can't, and a lot of CEOs say this to me, very funny. Well, if they speak English, we're already reaching them. And I'm always like, well, how, how are you doing? Well, first of all, it's like, yeah, you're reaching them, you're not touching them, very huge difference. But I'm like, well, how are you doing with them? I mean, do you have them at scale? And the answer is always no. Even from the massive fintech names or the banking institutions, no. I'm like, because you are not connecting emotionally with them. They don't feel like they belong with you. So the opportunity, whether you're in finance or in any other company in the U.S., is to really fully understand how this growth market that this is data, and I'm just not an enthusiast because I'm a Latina, that's the growth demo for the future, right? So um, really, so the opportunity is massive and the opportunity is in making them feel like they belong. They don't feel like they belong in their own country. People continuously ask them, where are you from? And people are like, ah, oh, you know, from LA. And they're like, no, 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 but really? They'll tell you the neighborhood from Santa Monica. No, 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 but really? What they really mean is like, where are your parents or grandparents' country of origin? And they, they get pushed so hard because they could never be American enough. They visit the parents of, of countries of origin or grandparents and they're too American. Oh my gosh, they don't speak Spanish. Oh my God, you're such a butcher. So it's a really horrible thing to feel as a as youth in America to feel like you're not from here, you're not from there, and you don't belong. So any brand that cracks that and makes them truly feel like that with I mean obviously finance is massive, but in anything, that's the winning ticket. So you You'd mentioned something earlier that that came to mind, and really looking at the state of trust in financial services ecosystem, and how much it is disconnected from not not just the Latino population, but in general. What do you see? What role do you see Suma playing in building that trust and helping that younger generation? transfer that trust over to their parents and their grandparents because i remember hearing a story you were telling yesterday at one of the sessions about how one of your family members still handles sensitive i'm trying to think of how you worded it but it was was it my mom <laughs> it might it might i don't remember who it was she's like stop using me in your example <laughs> but uh i'm sure it was <laughs> but you mean like that they just don't trust the financial advisors and they don't trust the banks yeah yeah, yeah i mean listen there's there's distrust from so many groups in the u.s so we can't just say this is a latino thing but latinos tend to have it a bit more heightened just because the trauma of like, you know, how they lost it all in their countries of origin or, or an immigrant thing in, in mm -hmm. a way. So it's going to be harder to change that mindset with the older demographics. You know, my mom is 80, right? So for her to trust my financial advisor, I don't know if that will ever happen in her lifetime, right? Um, so that's why I bet on youth because I know that the, at least the youth are those influencers. And they, in, in our community, mm -hmm. we see, at least in, in SUMA, 
out of like our 600,000 uh, consumers that we have now, they manage up to three financial accounts for their family members, right? So that's super interesting because you're like, oh my God, this kid knows nothing about finance, yet they're responsible for managing financial accounts for their older family members. So that's where we're like, empower them, give them the tools, give them the information, give them the education, because that's going to translate clearly to them. But hopefully it'll spill over to the older generations that they trust their kids. But as they become parents, right, they're able to sort of break that cycle of, okay, I don't trust. And it just keeps going and going and going. Um, So, you know, I, I think our role is to really build a brand and build a community that makes them feel, again, like they belong. Belonging is a massive human need. In that pyramid of of needs that we all learned about in college, it's right there next to food and shelter. So until you make somebody feel like they belong with your company, with your brand, with your community, there's going to be no true trust. So um, for us, the role is that making sure and people say well why couldn't somebody who's not a latino you know download your app like i love it i'm asian or i'm black or i'm oh you can but i want to make sure that my community understands that this was not an afterthought like this is built by people like them for them for anybody else who's useful of course but we never get that we we're never seen that way we're always like oh we translated the app right oh yeah let, they'll throw you a bone um and for us we just want our culture um to be front and center if anybody else finds it useful that's awesome but we're definitely hyper focused on first super serving our community and also selfishly again if you look at the data that is the demo that is 19 years old versus 45. You know, when you think about the lifetime of a consumer, if you think about who is ca- going to carry all Americans on their shoulders for Social Security and retirement, it's this young, thriving community. So I definitely want to empower them in the benefit of all Americans. So yesterday during one of the sessions that, that you were on the panel of, something was brought up and you had a really interesting response to it. And I, I just I wanted to I wanted to bring it to the audience, you know, the discussion was around seeing the cycle of poverty in communities, um, especially from those who are based on early, recent I should say recent immigration. How do you see Suma successfully breaking that cycle? Yeah, I mean I think that's why we're so focused with our Sumaversity, which is our like financial side of it, financial education side of it. Um, to really learn what none of us learned, right? And I talked yesterday about how I have friends who are massive celebrities. You would know the names, but I'm not going to mention them. Oh, man. Elected officials (laughs) that you would also know. Um, And they, you know, just brilliant people with, you know, MBAs at Harvard and Stanford, and, and they're a mess with their personal finances, right? And they're already so famous that they can't, they're embarrassed to trust anyone to say, I don't know what a 401k is. I don't know how to invest. I don't know how to do a budget. Um, so I think financial education is really, really paramount, not just in break, breaking the poverty cycle, because there's a lot of people in our community, believe it or not, that are not poor, and they still don't know how to have, you know, they could be investing millions of dollars that they have under their mattress, like we say, under our colchon, and they don't know what to do with it because they don't trust people. So Yes, it'll help um, obviously end the cycle of poverty for people who are in that um, 
socioeconomic level, but it's not exclusive for them, right? You can be very well educated. I mentioned yesterday, mm -hmm. my mother has a PhD. She's very well educated. She's a psychologist. So you should think like, mom, like what you thought about this when you were in Mexico, this is not Mexico, this isn't sure. Like you should know better to trust my financial advisor of 25 years. She still doesn't do it. So we need to end like the way we think about money for everyone it's not just for people who don't have the means or people who don't speak english or recent immigrants and having a hard time in the country it cuts across so financial education for me is super super critical but the way that it exists today in banks and in other places is just incredibly i'm sorry i mean and a lot of them are my clients but it's really boring you know you look at it and you're more confused after you read whatever it says it's just like I can't. So we are very different. You know, we'll explain with an avocado if you're, what your credit score is. So we'll say guacamalo or guacareti, you know, how ripe is your credit? Uh, or we'll explain a hard and soft credit inquiry with a soft and a hard shell tortilla, right? And, <laughs> and we'll add ourselves to the conversation on a Tuesday so we can hashtag a Taco Tuesday and be within the algorithm of what everyone's, but you learned a hard and soft credit inquiry. So we wanna be where, we meet where people are, we're very pop culture driven on how we do finance and financial education. We're super fun, we're funny, but we think that that's what it's going to take because the way it's been done so far, it just hasn't worked, not just for Latinos, but I think for everyone else. The most common cause of bad customer experience isn't that high tech. It's embarrassingly simple. Yup, it's answering questions. In e-commerce, it's really easy to get bogged down with common questions, whether that's where's my package, how do I return or exchange this item, or just to cancel a subscription. SolvePath is an AI-driven customer support system that enhances the customer experience with visual formats and self-serve technology to empower your customers to handle their own support requests. Get the best customer support system for your business. Get SolvePath. Get started by visiting GetSolvePath.com. So we're at MSX 2022, if I haven't already mentioned it, um, at a beautiful resort here at Snowbird. Absolutely. And what do you hope that the attendees that attended the panel yesterday are going home with after hearing you speak? Well, I, I thought the movie was incredible. If, if people haven't seen it, try to find it. I know it's in some circuit with a filmmaker doing her rounds, and I'm sure you interviewed her, and it's called Savvy. And I think the biggest takeaway, which is exactly what I was talking about, is you see people from all walks of life, right? You see a white man that committed suicide for being an incredible credit card debt. But you see an Asian woman who is incredibly on top of her finances. And then you see a Latina who said, I don't want to continue with this cycle of poverty in my household, so it's going to end with me. So... I think we all learn that we know so little about money, that money is something that we don't speak enough to our children about, that it needs to start really, really young and not till you are in trouble after college where you've taken all this credit card debt or student debt. Um, so for me, 
you know, yesterday was so important to see that we're all in this together in a way. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter your gender, doesn't matter your race, doesn't matter your age, your college education, your awards, um, your social media profile. Uh, we could all benefit from better financial education. Um, and obviously there's so much out there, right? Already there's incredible fintechs and products and services where, where you can just um, download an app and start investing with $5 and things like that. But we, even people in the audience were like, but exactly how do I get started? Mm -hmm. How do I do it? So I think eradicating the shame, uh, acknowledging that we're all in this together, that it's something none of us grew up with. Even if you went to an incredible Ivy League school, it's okay not to know because they didn't teach you. Um, and then, you know, we got to leverage, leverage technology and data to be able to advance all of our communities together. And that's why I, I love MX, you know, obviously I'm, I'm at the conference because of them and we use them to, uh, for our consumers to uh, be able to connect their accounts. We talked to a lot of other providers before and, you know, I just felt like I belonged here, right? I mean, from the incredible customer service that they give you, but also to the alignment in our mission, in what, you know, MX stands for as a company, we stand for as a company. It just really felt right. So obviously we couldn't be doing everything that we do for our community into really helping them better their finances if they didn't know where they stand. And of course, that means the data and to continue to track and to have all those insights that we rely on MX as our partner um, to absolutely, you know, advance our community forward. If you were to give fintech founders one piece of advice on building a fintech company, what would that be? Don't think about building your funnel as an afterthought. Don't think about building a community as an afterthought. At the same time as you're obsessing with your product, and I did say earlier, make sure that once you build your product, you really fully understand that that is a massive need that that community needs. But let's say you do have that data and you're all ready to go. Um, most fintech companies launch, they have a great product, and then it's really, really hard to get those customers, right? The mentality tends to be, if I build it, they will come. And particularly for communities of color who are now not a niche, but when you think about you know Gen Z, Gen Alpha, that's the new American majority, um, you're gonna absolutely need to think hard on how are you building community. So as important as your CTO uh, and everybody on your tech team, you need to have somebody building that community. So once you have an incredible product, the community is right there and that you're not scrambling later of like, oh my gosh, how much money do I need to throw into Facebook, Instagram, TikTok ads to acquire the customers because that is just a really losing proposition. So in a nutshell, don't leave community last. Uh, put it on the top as important as when you're building your product. That's fantastic. That is something that has been a theme with a number of folks that I've talked to is is really that that mission, that purpose, that community, making everybody feel as part of one um, has been a very common theme. And I'm glad to hear that it continues. Now, we've had lots of conversation about a bunch of different things um, and great information. Is there anything that maybe I missed that you wanted to make sure that the audience heard? 
thank you missed anything i mean i can't reiterate enough uh for everyone right what an incredible opportunity our demographic is uh, when people think like, why would you build something for a niche i'm like it's not a niche and without them gdp would be in the negative so pay close attention to where the market is going pay cl close attention to um to where the big opportunities are and um i just obviously i'm a big advocate for my community just as a way to really really future proofing any brand or any company so what's the best way for people to either reach out to you or to the rest of the SUMA team to find out more and to see if if this fits for them? Yes, for sure. And we're super collaborative, so do reach out. Best way to reach out to me is on my LinkedIn. Um, and, you know, my email is there and my contact info is there. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's the, the best way. Uh, obviously, you can check us out anywhere. SumaWealth.com is our, is our website. And then we're on every social platform as well. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to go ahead and put all that information in the show notes as well as in the description so everybody can just quickly click on the links for that. Beatrice, thank you so much for sitting down. I know you're in a hurry to get to the airport. No, to head no, I'm home. totally good. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for not having your lunch to sit down with me and have this conversation. Thank you so much. Support provided by SolvePath in e-commerce, it's really easy to get bogged down with basic support inquiries. Whether that's where is my package, how do I return or exchange this item or just to cancel a subscription. SolvePath is an AI-driven customer support system that uses a visual format and self-serve technology to quickly and effectively resolve issues, resulting in satisfying support experiences for customers. Customize a visual support experience for your e-commerce brands and increase your overall performance, enhance the customer experience, and drastically reduce support costs. Get the best customer support system for your business. Get SolvePath. Get started by visiting GetSolvePath.com. This has been a production of Diamond D3 Media, with all rights reserved. This is provided for informational purposes only. It is not offered or intended to be used as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. We strive to provide accurate and up-to-date information, but will not be responsible for any missing facts or inaccurate information. You comply and understand that you should use any of this information at your own risk. Cryptocurrencies are highly volatile financial assets, so research and make your own financial decisions.